College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Richie V, Mr. Call Screener, and a bunch of other stuff that people like to call me every now and again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's uh, great to be back with you. I took a day off for the Super Bowl, not because I watched it, because I actually didn't watch it. I like to boycott those things. I think that we can get through life just well without football. But again, I don't really care for many sports other than a little UFC, a little boxing. Uh, I'm really a political junkie. So yeah, I get it. I'm the odd man out. But there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. There was a bunch of stuff last week that I did not get to. So there's a bunch of stuff that I'm going to try and get to this week. And I want to jump right in. But first, a couple of headlines. Check this out. Canada's Trudeau invokes Emergencies Act, which is somewhat tantamount to martial law, to derail Freedom Convoy. Headline from Fox News, he just gained more freedom fighters. Truckers react to Trudeau's invoking of the Emergencies Act. One trucker quit his job and stayed with the Freedom Convoy. Now, how's that for sacrifice? Now, for some context, I want to go to this audio clip of Justin Trudeau. In regards to uh, Emerson and Coots, one of the issues that we have seen is a challenge in uh, getting tow trucks to actually show up to uh, bring out, to, to move these large rigs. <laughs> in, uh, in Windsor, uh, we relied on uh, generous partnership with the Americans uh, to be able to get tow trucks to move the big trucks. Um, now, with these measures that we've put in place, there will be an ability to compel, for just compensation, tow truck owners and operators to actually do the jobs for which they have contracts with various orders of government to keep highways and roads clear. This is an example of a specific tool that is now available to local police of jurisdiction in places all across the country if needed. It will be to them to determine whether or not that is needed. Yeah, I say it's not needed. But this is a guy who says that he admires China. No, really. Which nation's administration do you most admire? There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime. All right, so that was the clip that I wanted to get to was Trudeau <laughs> saying that he admires China. I guess anybody could admire China for saying, look, for being such a um, ruthless country, the way they've managed to maintain this economy by stealing and by doing these things, if you admire that type of thing, that's on you. But it's not free. And again, I get it. Some people think that free is bad. There are some people out there saying that free has long been a freedom 
has long been an acronym or a uh, uh, code word, I should say, for the far right. And this is what they're trying to do is trying to make everybody into a terrorist. The minute they can say that you're the bad guy, they'll shut you down. And I want to get into a piece on that because there's been all this talk about the Department of Homeland Security labeling Americans exercising their freedom of speech as terrorists, domestic terrorists. But here's something that I find interesting uh, just about Trudeau specifically. Now, years ago, I don't know, three years, four years, maybe even five years ago, somebody that I know very well came to me and said, oh, you know, it's all about the bloodlines. And uh, I said, I don't understand. Tell me more. And he explained to me that this is about these dictators in training or these dictators waiting in the wings because they're part of a bloodline of other dictators. Now, this seems to be a big topic on Twitter and other places that Justin Trudeau is the love child of Fidel Castro and his mother. Whether it's true or not really doesn't matter to me because I don't really care that he's a dictator because he's the son of a dictator, just so I can say what? Oh, like father, like son. It really doesn't make a difference to me. I don't. Who is Mao Zedong's father? Who's Putin's father? I don't care. That's my point. But he went on to say that, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton was really the, the daughter of George Soros. And if you look at them, they're identical, blah, blah, blah. What else did he tell me? He also told me that Angela Merkel, right, the prime minister, then prime minister of Germany, Angela Merkel, was the daughter of Adolf Hitler. And again, I don't care. I mean, if, if this is uh, fiction or fact, to me, it doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't change how we respond to this. The only thing that changes how we respond to it is what we do to change how we're going to respond by eating up and drinking the Kool-Aid of these distractions because that's all they are. Nobody gets on that, you know, and says, oh, I wonder who Rush Limbaugh's dad was or whose real dad was. doesn't matter. The guy was influential no matter what in talk radio. And, and nobody sits there and says, hey, George Washington, I wonder who his dad was. It's all about the bloodlines. Who cares? There's so much nonsense, just like this prediction game that people like to get into to predict things. Now, I think it's one thing to be a political pundit and say, look, I think this is what's coming and this is what's happening. And I got a story about that uh, just for me, per se. And again, I could be wrong. I don't mind being wrong when it comes to politics. I'm not here to be a fortune teller. And that's why I don't care for predictions. And, and these these Internet chat boards that people take so seriously and these anonymous people that hide behind pseudonyms and won't put their name and their face behind what they're actually saying. To me, it's cowardice and it's the stupidest thing ever that anyone would follow someone who's hiding. I was at my um, favorite Cuban place in Bogota, New Jersey, buying a cafecito, cafe con leche, really great coffee in this place, La Giraldia. There was a bunch of customers there. And one of the customers uh, was commenting with the lady making the coffee about how, you know, we've got to be careful uh, because, you know, Russia's got a really serious army and this, that, and the third. And I thought to myself, I don't know that, I mean, Russia has an army, yes, and it may be in some ways a serious army. I think this is why exactly he's putting it on display so everybody can see, look at all these things I've got. Oh, and by the way, I'm spreading rumors that I'm developing hypersonic missiles. And he may be, but if he's got one, he's probably going to say he's got 15, right? Because that's what they do. They're all about spreading rumors. The Russians have been expert propagandists for a very long time. So that's just my two cents. And I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to get into a big argument with the guy while I was buying coffee, but I found it interesting that so many people give so much kudos to Russia. What the heck is Russia doing? They don't do anything. They haven't had a war since 
forever. Obama and Biden let them into Ukraine and now they're out and now they're flexing. And I think all they want is money and some posturing. And if, you know, if really, if it really goes unchecked, of course, they'll go in and they'll take a couple of counties or provinces or whatever they're called in that area. But my point is, I would not fear Russia in the terms of them being some sort of big foe. I would fear Russia in the sense that they can get your own people to start hating you. They can get your own people to start cheering for Russia. And we have so many people that are like that are on on Putin's side. I talk to some people that I know that are huge conspiracy theorists or lovers of conspiracy theories. And they're, oh, Russia's our ally. Russia gave Trump all the goods when he handed him the soccer ball and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it just, it does not end. Some of these people even think that Trump is still president and that he somehow has access to the nuclear football because he didn't show up to Biden's inauguration. And I think, my goodness, when you have to start teaching civics and just basic current events and, and you name it to people, we're lost. The Russian propaganda has succeeded and they don't need a missile and they don't need a military because their propaganda was successful. If we believe all of these things that Russia and Iran and the rest of the, the world that hates us is feeding into our Internet, we're screwed. We have to have common sense. We have to exercise couth and really think for a second and think, oh, so Biden's not the president. No, 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 of course not. The military's in charge. So now they've reduced the United States to a military junta. The United States military has never been in charge of this country, nor will it ever be in charge of this country because we have a civilian that leads the military. The commander-in-chief is a civilian. And it just blows me away that people buy this stuff. They lap it up like dogs. Unbelievable. Anyway, and, and they'll cover it up later. They'll cover it up later by saying, oh, well, you know, uh, can't, you know, it'll, it'll come out later. Give it time. Give it time. Now, I'm not saying that conspiracy theories are false and that they may not be conspiracy facts. Sure, they can be. Look at what they said about Levin. Look at what they said about Trump. When they said, oh, my gosh, the Russians and this and that. And they said, no, no, no. It was the Clinton campaign and the government. And these people were spying on us. Oh, no, you can't do that. It can't be that. No, that's exactly what they said. Even in that 60 Minutes interview, Leslie Stahl went as far as saying, look, we, it's unverified. We can't put that on. Listen to this. So the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign. There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they can got caught. I, can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and Ooh. we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on see. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no, put it on the air. No, as a matter of fact, I don't know that. As a matter of fact, she doesn't know that, but now the whole world knows it. The whole world knows exactly what's going on because El Trumpito got it right again. Trump was right. Trump was right. I love it when Trump was right, and that's exactly how it goes. Trump was right yet again, but they want to say that we're domestic terrorists. They want to say that we're the bad guys. It's fascinating to me. It really is that Trump gets chastised for saying this. They called him a conspiracy theorist and this, that and the other, a liar. But the reality is he was right yet again. And it was the fake, phony fraud news media that was covering this up or oblivious to the umpteenth power. I want to think that some of them were oblivious and others were covering it up just like they are today. This stuff came out on Friday. Here we are a weekend and two days later and still not a whole lot of action 
on the fact that Hillary Clinton's campaign lawyer was involved with this tech guy to do more spying on Trump. And of all places, BuzzFeed News is the one that gets it unredacted through a Freedom of Information request. Little by little, little by little, the record is getting corrected. Do I think we're marching toward a civil war? No, I don't. No, I don't. Not when you have people that are in trucks and parking their trucks and blocking traffic and they're declaring martial law or the Emergencies Act for those people. What do you think they're going to do for known militias that are organizing or neighborhood watch groups that become, uh, you know, the next Wolverines like the movie Red Dawn? What do you think will happen? I'm game. I'm game for you to chime in and let me know at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all the social media. Let me know what you think, because I don't think that's going to happen, but I could be wrong. Anyway, straight ahead, we're going to talk more about the truckers. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with this domestic terrorism stuff. Plus, there's some BLM news. And of course, nobody really wants to hear it, but BLM brought some property uh, and sold the property and, and who they bought it from was really interesting. So we're going to get into that. Plus, another BLM person doesn't bite the dust, but falls behind bars. So we're going to get to that. And another story that I want to share with you. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to jump into a couple of headlines. I'm looking at the um, headlines that are coming in today, and it's uh, it's an interesting uh, smorgasbord, if you will, of what's going on, who, what, where, when, why, and how. Take a look at this one. State of Texas is suing Facebook for allegedly collecting facial recognition data without users' consent. Oil prices are marching towards $100 a barrel. It makes me think of Fat Joe, the rapper. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, and uh, a month ago, three months ago, maybe last year, he says, um, yesterday's price is not today's price. And that's what it makes. It makes me think, you know, did he know that he was going to become the spokesperson for Joe Biden's economic policy? That yes, yesterday's price is not today's price. It's just going to go up, up, up and up because Biden and his policies are absolutely atrocious for the United States. Now, 
we've got then the uh, director of national intelligence, John Radcliffe, told special counsel Durham that there was enough evidence at the time to indict multiple people in the Russia probe, but that didn't happen. Meanwhile, speaking of Russia, we go to the Ukraine, where now they say the president of Ukraine, who was saying that it's going to be a day of unity on Wednesday when he was expecting to be invaded. Uh, He's now requesting a meeting with Russia, hopefully uh, in the next 44 hours, uh, 48 hours, excuse me, because of there's a troop buildup at the border. But Biden is reducing some of these um, troops. I should say Putin is reducing some of the troops by pulling some of them back. And maybe that was a Freudian slip that I wasn't even aware of. So those are some of the headlines that are going on. There's also um, other stories that I want to get into about, you know, schools in Seattle that are defending their racially segregated meetings. I want to get into that. AOC thinks that it's inevitable that Texas will turn blue. And, and I want to spend a little time on AOC because I think she's really, really silly. But she does think it's going to happen. And she was out in uh, Texas campaigning this weekend. She thinks that that's the move. That's where it's going to happen. I disagree. I don't think that. I mean, listen, it can happen anywhere. And I'll make this point and not necessarily an agreement, but an acknowledgement of what she's saying. Colorado was once a very red state and Colorado today is a very blue state. And if you read the book and I talk about this often, but if you ever buy the book, The Blueprint talks about the four horsemen of Colorado and explains how they use gay rights as their vehicle to raise money all over the state. And Jared Polis, who they got elected to Congress, and then from Congress, they got him elected to um, the uh, to be governor now. So, I mean, he's made huge inroads. It's like a 10-year plan, and they ticked off every box on their checklist. So I, I have to look at that and think, they know what they're doing. Now, what's interesting is in my years in politics and working with Republican Party and whatnot, you always hear this response when you say, how come you don't send a lot of people into the hood? Why don't you send the jerseys? You know, there's a lot of momentum this year in Jersey. Why don't you send some people into New York? Why not have a Trump rally in New York? And the answer will always be, oh, there's just not enough. There's just not enough, you know, of, of our, it's unwinnable at this time. And I get it. You don't want to throw good money after bad. You don't want to start investing into advertising and these things. At least this is their philosophy. If you know you're going to lose. But my thinking is that's exactly what the Democrats do. Of all places in this country that you could send AOC, where would you send her? Yeah, some people say, oh, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago. Guess where she went? To Texas. Now, yes, there are some blue counties, blue cities in Texas. But my point is she went there and she's talking about Texas and turning Texas blue and that it's going to be inevitable. So she was campaigning on Saturday in San Antonio on behalf of two young progressive candidates that are going to be in the early voting for Texas primaries that's coming up on March 1st. AOC was there pumping up the crowd, getting out the vote. And this is according to Hot Air. And she says, you know, what a better way to flip the country than doing it right here from Texas. Man, would you look at that? Now, I got some peeps out in Texas. Big shout out to everybody in Texas. And I can tell you that Texas is a very, very conservative place, a place where Henry Cuellar, who was the Democrat rep who was going against Biden, saying, look, immigration is killing us over here. (laughs) He's an anti-illegal immigration Democrat, right? Such a thing exists. They always have. But in AOC's America, they don't. I want to highlight AOC because I think the Democrats or the progressives or whoever they are, the commies, if you want to call them that, the commies within the Democrat Party, 
They're focused. They're focused on doing what they got to do, on changing everything from the inside out. A rule change can change a generation of things. And there's no need for this war. That's what I was talking about before with Russia. Some of the things AOC had to say, and we have some audio and I'm going to play it, but I wanted to get to this, this piece on AOC saying some nonsense. Let me see if I find it here. Found it. Here we go. Unhappy anniversary. It's in the Daily News, written by the Daily News editorial board. That's the New York Daily News on Valentine's Day. Three years after AOC and other politicians chased away the promise of 25,000 or 40,000 Amazon jobs, the Long Island City site is still nowhere. Now, again, the New York Daily News is not the New York Post. New York Daily News is is a very progressive left of center publication. And this is their editorial board writing that three years ago, politicians who were gleefully throwing rocks at the big, bad corporate giant that was ready to create 25,000 jobs, as many as 40,000 good jobs on a stretch of land in Long Island City, Queens, well, they got their wish. Amazon said, no, we're not doing it. They took a smaller space in Manhattan. They moved everything else to other places. And now, obviously, they're one of the biggest companies in the world, Amazon. Look at that. So New Yorkers are being urged in this piece to uphold a grudge against those who chase the high-quality employment opportunities out of town, mainly AOC and Senator Mike Gennaris and then-Councilman Jimmy Van Bramer. More importantly, they should push Mayor Adams to get to work to transform the still grossly underutilized piece of land to benefit more New Yorkers, according to this piece. He was getting too much help from taxpayers, but the lion's share of those benefits were theirs as a matter of law. What's more, Amazon mostly had to create the jobs to get the aid in the form of foregone taxes. AOC and others falsely claimed that the city was backing up a truck, dumping billions of dollars and a heliport at Jeff Bezos' feet, diverting the funds that should have been spent on schools and social services, which honestly was not the case. But that's good old AOC. So good old AOC is now... In Texas over the weekend, making the case for a progressive candidate. And she's claiming that the voting system here in America is the same as fascist Italy and that we will have no democracy within 10 years. Listen to this. You used a phrase earlier in the midst of this. If we have a democracy 10 years from now, Mm -hmm. do you think we won't? I think there's a very real risk that we will not. I think what we risk is having a, a, a government that perhaps postures as a democracy and may try to pretend that it is, but isn't. Now, as I've mentioned, I think we have a version of that right now in the United States where we have a government that postures as a constitutional republic, but isn't. And we've seen that with what happened with President Trump. They spied on a presidential campaign and then they spied on a sitting president. If that's not enough to make you think, man, we're in deep trouble. I don't know what is. There's literally a censorship on thought that people disagree with, including now labeling Americans as domestic terrorists. Not good. No bueno. Anyway, don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. There's a lot more to come straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. 
Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And thanks for sticking with me. I, um... I want to get into this story, and it's um, a couple of different stories about BLM. And I know nobody's really, really that thrilled about hearing from BLM. I think everybody knows that this burn, loot, and murder crowd has very little to offer, but they are unabashed Marxists. And to me, it's just so ironic that this stuff is uh, coming into, into the news. And I'm glad that it is so that people know exactly what's going on. Now, this is a couple of days old, but very much worthy of mentioning. Memphis BLM founder Pamela Moses sentenced to six years for illegally voting. That's right. Of all things she could have been arrested for, she was arrested for voting illegally. The founder of Black Lives Matter, the chapter in Memphis, Tennessee, has been sentenced to prison for six years for illegally registering to vote in Tennessee, prosecutors said. Pamela Moses, 44-year-old activist, was ordered to spend six years and one day behind bars for registering to vote despite felony convictions that she had in 2015, which made her ineligible to vote. In handing down the sentence, the judge accused her of deceiving the probation department in order to obtain the right to vote, saying, quote, you tricked the probation department into giving you documents saying you were off of probation, according to Judge Ward. That's Michael Ward, the judge in this case. In 2015, Moses pled guilty to tampering with evidence and forgery, both of which are felonies, and to misdemeanor charges of perjury, stalking, theft, and escape. She was placed on probation for seven years and deemed ineligible to vote in Tennessee because of the tampering with evidence charge. Moses has maintained that she was under the impression that her voting rights had been restored when she went to vote in 2019. Now, let me just stop right here and say that the headline would be felon convicted of forgery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is the head of the local MAGA chapter or whatever, you know, if, if it were on the other side, if the shoe were on the other foot. But that's not the headline here. Even the New York Post is being generous. To me, that's the headline. BLM leader is a criminal and it's a criminal again. And again, innocent to proven guilty. Um, but it seems like they found her guilty of this, and maybe she's going to appeal. Let's see. She says, I did not falsify anything. All I did was try to get my rights to vote back the way people at the election commission told me that I could. Her attorney says that the client plans to appeal. Well, there you go. So we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. But as of right now, the BLM founder in Tennessee... Behind bars is a picture of her with an orange jumpsuit on. It comes as no surprise that BLM does the things they do. Now, this one is from uh, about a week and a half ago, but I want to go over it again because this one to me is really just eye-opening. Isabel Vincent, New York Post, headline, 
Black Lives Matter sent millions to Canada to buy a mansion. BLM transferred millions to a Canadian charity run by the wife of its co-founder to purchase a sprawling mansion that had once served as the headquarters of, wait for it, drumroll please. That's drumroll. The Communist Party, according to public records. M4BJ, a Toronto-based nonprofit set up by Janaya Khan and other Canadian activists, snagged the 10,000-square-foot historic property for the equivalent of $6.3 million in cash in July of 2021. Khan is the wife of Patrice Khan Colors, a co-founder of Black Lives Matter Global Foundation Network and a self-avowed Marxist. And you've heard the audio right here on this program where she said, I'm a trained Marxist. I heard that. I remember very well. She resigned from the group last year, a month after the Post revealed that she had spent $3.2 million on homes in Georgia, Los Angeles, and other places. Khan and, uh, excuse me, Khan Colors vigorously denied that BLM donations were used to buy her homes. The purchase of the Toronto property named the Wild Seed Center for Art and Activism came to light after mounting concerns over the U.S. activist group's lack of transparency in its finances. Now, we talked about that in the last episode, where BLM is under all, all sorts of intense scrutiny, including from Governor Gavin Newsom, who's saying you guys have to be more careful and more open and honest or we're not going to let you fundraise. And they had to pull their fundraising. So Black Lives Matter is no longer fundraising because they're under this intense scrutiny from the Democrats. Now, the other thing that comes to mind here is this sentence here. The purchase of the Toronto property named the Wild Seed Center for Art and Activism. Now, sometimes people who are critics of conservative talk radio will listen and say, you know what? Whenever there's a, a, a good social movement, you guys right away want to say it's a communist front group or a front group for this. Well, here, this clearly is. The Wild Seed Center for Art and Activism literally was housed in the Communist Party's former headquarters. Coincidence? Maybe. Do I have a bridge to sell you? You betcha. In Canada, the purchase was criticized by two senior members of the group who resigned earlier this month over the building's funding, saying, quote, for BLM, Canada to take money from BLM Global Network without consulting the community was unethical, tweeted Sarah Jama earlier this month. For BLM, Canada to refuse to answer questions from young black organizers goes against the spirit of the movement that we've built. Now, the questions were raised as the BLM Global Network Foundation is going through its own internal financial turmoil as two activists who were put in place to manage the organization after Patrice Khan Colors resigned, abruptly resigned themselves in September, according to the uh, bombshell report in the Washington Examiner. Makani Themba and Monifa Bandele told the newspaper that they don't know who was managing the group's more than $66 million windfall from Thousand Currents, a nonprofit that managed its donations. Thousand Currents transferred the cash to BLM in October of 2020 when it broke with the group, according to public filings. Unfortunately, this appears to be an, a, an epic abuse of public trust in which an entire movement's resources are being squandered on the whims and financial mismanagement of one person and their inner circle of friends and family, said Tom Anderson, director of the Government Integrity Project of the National Legal Policy Center based out of Virginia. Neither Black Lives Matter or the Canadian nonprofit returned the New York Post's emails. Of course, why would they? Because they've been caught with their hands in the cookie jar. They want this thing to go away. And the best way to make something go away, ignore it. And it will likely go away. 
Some people will ask questions, but people have short memories because we feed so much news, so much information. Crazy stuff. That's what's happening with BLM. You tell me who's the domestic terrorist here, the people that are bilking people out of money and burning and looting and murdering during the riots. And again, I can't put that all at the feet of Black Lives Matter, but we can put a majority of it. Or you and me, the American people that criticize that type of thing. Well, now Alejandro Mayorkas at the Department of Homeland Security, he's saying that, you know what? Your thoughts are guilty of domestic terrorism in so many words. And Senator Marsha Blackburn is pushing back against them, saying that DHS is now policing free speech and thoughts here in America through this new anti-terrorism bulletin. This is a piece in Fox News. Now, Blackburn sent a letter to the Department of Homeland Security in response to a portion of the department's NTAS, NTAS, National Terrorism Advisory. Now, Blackburn sent a letter in response to a portion of the department's National Terrorism Advisory Bulletin, NTAB, which was released last week that urges Americans to report potential threats online and maintain digital and media literacy to recognize and build resilience to false or misleading narratives. The bulletin notes the spread of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19. Blackburn wrote, I'm concerned about the appearance of the Department of Homeland Security policing the speech and thoughts and opinions of American citizens. In issuing this bulletin, the Department of Homeland Security appears to endorse particular narratives regarding controversial issues that are at the center of our national political conversation. She went on to urge DHS to ensure the American public that it does not consider those who disagree with this administration to be domestic terrorists. Again, this piece is in Fox News. And of course, the Department of Homeland Security did not immediately respond to an inquiry from Fox News, just like Jen Pazirkelback Pasaki or her stunt double, Karine Jean-Pierre, she wouldn't do it either when she was asked about the spying in the Trump campaign because when they're asked the tough questions, they know how to obfuscate better than anybody else. Saying, oh, sorry, not going to tell you. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Anyway, straight ahead, I want to talk about a little bit of uh, what's going on with Biden's plan for the border, with the um, detentions, house arrests, all that stuff and more. Don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. All right, if you're hearing that music, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, it's Yellowstone. And I want to talk about Yellowstone in a minute. I'm going to circle back to how I see Yellowstone fitting into what is happening in the news today. But I want to talk about Joe El Baboso Biden. Joe El Baboso Biden, he, um, he's got this very interesting proposal right now. Of course, this program is aiming to put migrants under house arrest instead of detention. Listen to this. The Biden administration, uh, take two. <laughs> the Biden administration wants to put hundreds of migrants under house arrest in a test program aimed at slashing costs and lowering soaring border crossings. Now, I find this to be fascinatingly stupid, but the program dubbed the Home Curfew Pilot Program is going to be debuting in Baltimore and Houston and will include between 100 and 200 single adults at each location, according to the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Memo, known as ICE. 
and seen by Reuters as the administration tries to move away from their use of for-profit detention centers. One official said, we just don't have the capacity. We're not going to detain our way out of the border crisis. Oh, fascinating. You know, that reminds me of when AOC says we're not going to capitalist our way out of these problems when, in fact, we probably could capitalist our way out of many problems. But officials claim the program would cost between six and eight dollars per enrollee instead of the one hundred and forty two dollars a day cost at a bustling detention center. President Joe El Baboso Biden has pledged to end for profit detention centers on his campaign trail, but failed to do so. Blah, 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 blah. Under the proposed program, they would be required to be home from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., but may leave during the other hours if they have work authorization or other exemptions, according to the report from Reuters. There are other programs like this in place. What fascinates me is that when you're coming across the border, you're probably coming from Honduras. You're probably coming from El Salvador. Speaking of Honduras, by the way, we're trying to get the president of Honduras out of the country to prosecute him for crimes of corruption. And it's interesting how the United States will extradite a foreign president, but we can't charge any of our own presidents that have committed these crimes. I think that's interesting. And what's more interesting is this idea that we're going to get somebody whose home is in another country and we're going to put him in house arrest in somebody else's home here in the United States. So, hey, you're under arrest for coming into the country illegally. You're under house arrest. Back in El Salvador? No, senor. Where are we going to be? Wherever you want. Where's your uncle? Where's your aunt? Where's your cousin? That's where we're going to send you and that's where you're going to be. And it's going to cost us six bucks a day. Fantastic. Man, Joe Biden's fixing immigration by just letting everybody in. We should rename them instead of illegal immigrants, invited immigrants, because Biden's change of the asylum laws is exactly what's opened up the door for this. That's why you've got 153,000 apprehensions in the month of January and 45,000 getaways, because it's up. There's more and more people. We're seeing traffic at the border like we've never seen before because Biden and Mayorkas and good old Kamala Harris, the vice president, Kamala Harris, are inviting these people. So no longer can we say it's an invasion because they're literally being told to come and they're being allowed to come in. And now they're being allowed to be under quote unquote house arrest until their catch and release court date. It's crazy. And it makes you wonder why the big push? Why the big push to reduce the white majority? And is it that? Is it really a big push to reduce the white majority? I don't know. But I would surmise that it is. I think everybody has a different dog in this fight, but they all share the collective Machiavellian approach of hating America, its founding, and the white, what they like to call patriarchy, right? They hate men. They are misandrists, some of them, these ultra-feminists. So they say we have to um, feminize this and do that. But here's the bottom line. Yellowstone, right? This TV show that I've been watching, my brother told me about it over Christmas, uh, Noche Buena, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to check it out, like my buddy Chi-Chi says. And I, I I checked it out. I watched one episode, two episodes. I had started the third episode, and then I paused it, and I did um, a fill-in show, not where I was hosting, but where my buddy Rich Zioli from WPHT in Philadelphia was hosting. And Zioli asked me during one of the breaks, hey, are you watching Yellowstone? And I said, you know what, I've watched three episodes, totally not impressed. Season one, the first three episodes. He says, listen, trust me, it gets better. Because I um, respect his wisdom, I said, all right, Zioli, I'm going to watch it. And he was right. It does get better. And I've been enjoying it. And it's a story of, if you haven't watched it, modern day story of cowboys and Indians. 
uh, an Indian reservation. They have a lot of gripes, a lot of grievances, a lot of um, ill will towards the history that took place there. And I'm not trying to minimize that in any way, but I am trying to have a conversation. And the conversation I want to have is this. If somebody came and kicked you off your land and stole it and you had a fight and they won, do they get to keep it or is it a lifelong battle? Again, some of the things they talk about on this program, they say, look, that's according to their laws, not according to our law. And that's something that they say on the reservation. So I, I can understand that. I can respect them because, you know, they're not a part of the United States, but they're some sort of federal uh, reservation. It's a complicated thing, I guess, to some degree. And somebody somewhere made disagreement is the point that I'm making. Now, hundreds of years later, you have some people that say, well, you know what? It wasn't me that made that agreement. I think we should get all of our land back. What you call a national park used to be our backyard. I want it back. And that's the same angle that's taken with slavery, right? And this unending push for equity and reparations. Now, some may listen to me and say, wow, Rich, you really sold out. You're a white supremacist. You won't side with the brown people or the black people. You're siding with the white man. No, I'm not necessarily siding with anybody. I'm just saying, in my entire lifetime, America has been America. And Indians have lived on reservations. So maybe they're plotting to do some sort of overthrow of the United States. I can understand that if that's what they want to do. I don't endorse it, but I get it. And I realize that there are some black people out there that realized and said, you know what? These white people did something bad to my ancestors, and we're going to reverse the role. And many of these black nationalists, um, ethnocentric types, they want to erase the white majority. Now, this is a country that, at least from the history that I was taught, which many will argue is false and is propaganda, was founded by white people. Came here, found some Indians. They fought over the land. They stole their land, if you will. I'll I'll admit to that. They fought for it. The white guy won and kept it and has it and created a country and then told other white guys in England, hey, screw you too. We're keeping these colonies and started America. And that's where we are. But it's fascinating how we were just talking about BLM and ultimately they raised a lot of money. And what they do with that money? They bought property. Fascinating how they don't really care about private property in the world of Marxists. They believe that it's all about the means of production, that the worker should own the means of production. You should have a piece of the employer's pie, not just what you sell your wages for, right? So now there's this constant struggle between the worker, workers of the world unite. The worker must fight against the owner because nobody's allowed to own anything. And now they don't even call them black people or black and brown like they used to. They call them BIPOC, black indigenous people of color because they're including the Native Americans who already have this angst, some of them, at least as evidenced in the show Yellowstone, where the wife who's married to the the wealthy seven-generation cattle rancher, uh, one of the sons, I should say, she's a professor. She goes from being a school teacher on the reservation to being a professor at the university because of the, the family's clout. And she teaches all of this equity issue that, you know, we're constantly fighting over. So I find it fascinating that the Marxist is everywhere. And a week ago on Sunday, I played for you a clip from Ronald Reagan, and he said that patriotism was brought back by Hollywood. It was part of the culture. If you missed that episode, listen to it from February 6th. 
I think that was the date or maybe a day or two before. But the point is, when Reagan was head of the Screen Actors Guild, we made those kinds of films and it was in popular culture and Hollywood did uphold patriotism. It was okay for Hulk Hogan to come into I Am a Real American. Americanism was cool, but it's not cool anymore because of Hollywood in some ways, however you want to slice it. But it doesn't change the approach that they're taking. The Marxist wants to harness the grievances of every party that feels aggrieved because of the white man, because of America, because of the Constitution, because of the revolution, because you're gay and this one's straight, because you're black and that one's white, because you're skinny and that one's fat. And they take all of that strife and they try to harness it in one direction against God, against the Constitution, against your free speech so that the mob rules and the citizen is silenced. I can't weigh in and say whether it's right or wrong. I can only say what I know is. Native Americans live on reservations today. It's my understanding that they probably inhabited a good part of this country in tribes in different parts and might have been pushed out. And there might have been bastions of this country that were never touched and became settled. And there were turf wars. I agree. History is tricky. It's not neat. It gets messy. There were fights and people died. But here we are in the year 2022. And I don't think we can say that we're still stealing land, at least not in large part. Russia's trying to do that in Ukraine, but that's not necessarily what's happening here in the U.S. So we need to be weary of how the Marxist manipulates people groups, of how the Marxist manipulates movements for their own benefit, which is never truly in the truest sense of what they actually believe. The Marxists went out and bought the property, the big old mansion where the Communist Party was. They don't believe in private property, but they're all about the private property. They don't believe in the patriarchy, but they're all about having all the power. They can't be taken at their word. That's why we have to stand for something, because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So while we're watching a president who happens to be a white man let in a bunch of indigenous and Hispanic people from South America, and again, nothing wrong with those people. I got nothing against anybody that's coming into the country except for follow the rules. And again, are they breaking the rules? Not when Biden's saying, oh, asylum just means you got to be broke in your country. You can come right in. So my problem's really with Biden and his pursuit for political gain to appease people that why not for their own ideological pursuits want to change the makeup of the country. I don't mind if America changes because white people have less kids than Hispanic people do. That's nature, if you will. But I do mind you saying, oh, there's too many white people here. Let's let in people who are non-white to try and tip the scale and try and recruit them for our movement and tell them that the white people are bad because that's wrong. That's demonizing. That's exactly what every last bad guy in history did. And it's exactly what we're seeing right now. So it's time for you to know and it's time for you to do. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America. 